On today's show, do we have the new blah, 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 blah. three, two, one? On today's show, do we have a new best team in the West? And how can the Warriors survive Stephen Curry's injury? Plus, the Celtics are about to get a big boost. All of that and much more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA Friday. I'm Wes Goldberg, and I'm joined by Adam Mares, and we come to you every Friday here on the Locked On NBA feed. However you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, we'll discuss what Steph Curry's injury means for the Warriors and the Celtics getting back Robert Williams III in a minute, but let's start with the Grizzlies, who dismantled the Bucks 142 to 101 on Thursday. Meanwhile, the Pelicans, who came into the night tied with Memphis for the best record in the West, they lose in overtime to the Utah Jazz for the second time this week. That gives the Grizzlies at 19 and 9 the best record in the Western Conference. Adam, does it give them your endorsement as the best team in the Western Conference? Yes, it does. They've got a little win streak going on right now. What is this? Seven in a row? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, seven in a row. A smackdown of Milwaukee. I mean, these regular season games, you know, a blowout is no different to me than just a regular win. But nonetheless, a win is a win. And that's an impressive one. A blowout over the Milwaukee Bucks? I mean, they were without Drew Holiday, but that's a lot of points. But I'm just saying, if it was 40 or five it still to me would kind of would count more or less similar especially when you're talking about an interconference uh game but nonetheless they moved to 13 and two at home one that's a lot of home games so we should all i think everybody's takes early on in the season when you say are they the best team right now yes are they the best team we don't know but they are the best team right now and they do deserve that spot i think when you consider this win streak that they have and you consider that they are now number Four in net rating, number six in defensive rating, number six in offensive rating. That's pretty impressive overall. And they just have so many different ways they can beat you, um, so many different players that can step up. So to me, uh, I'm buying it. Even if they, this game wouldn't have gone this way for the Pelicans losing to Utah, which I know we'll get to later, I think I probably still would have been there with Memphis as number one. Yeah, I mean, we could go the analytical argument too. It was a good, it's a good point to make. Both teams played a bunch of home games, both the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, um, and yeah. they've got good records at home. They have not had to play on the road a whole lot, but you look at the advanced stats here. They're first and second in defensive rating in the last 10 games. They're third and fourth overall all season in net rating. They're first and third in points in the paint. They're tied for fifth in offensive rating. So they're they're very similar. They're, like, they're big, bruising, physical teams. They, John Morant, what's he want to do? He wants to soar over you and get to the rim and dunk it. What does Zion Williamson want to do? He wants to get into the paint, throw a shoulder on you, and then dunk it. These and and they're they're surrounded by length and size and and to different degrees shooting. Um, the Grizzlies still don't even have Desmond Bain back, and he looked amazing to start the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, the shooting obviously there, the defense obviously there, but came along really strong as a playmaker. So I I think it's the Grizzlies. I feel very strongly about the Grizzlies all season long. I really like this Pelicans team, though, despite them losing to the Jazz. I really like the Jazz. I team. do too. But uh, I love this Pelicans team. So that's the analytical argument. And I don't even really care about that, Adam. I really, what I'm, when I look at, what I, when I watch both the Pelicans lineup, and the Grizzlies lineup. I remember the first game of the season, the Pelicans played the Brooklyn Nets, and it was 
the Nets with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. It's the Nets. They're supposed to be championship contenders. And the Pelicans were like, we don't care about any of that noise. We're going to beat you. And then they did. And ever, and ever since then, they've come out every single night, the Pelicans have, with that swagger, that energy, like, we're the best team on the court. Yeah. We've got Zion Williamson. we got Jose Alvarado. we got all these guys. we got swag. And then for Memphis, they've had that swag for two years now, and that hasn't gone anywhere. I love the attitude of both of these teams, the confidence despite the youth that they play with. That, to me, is the most impressive thing. I might even go as far as to say there are some incumbents, namely the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors, who are you know hitting rough patches, different types of rough, rough patches right now, but that they don't look like the class of the league. And I do wonder if there's a little bit of a changing of the guards where you have a new group of, of teams that are ready to kind of take over. I think that regular season, it's very likely that those two teams, Pelicans and Memphis, are going to finish in the top hot half of the bracket. I don't. It's not a lock. It's too early in the season to be a lock, but I think it's likely. And then you, but in the playoffs, are they just actually the better teams? I think that's yeah. the thing that we won't know for a while. But you look at them, and last year you looked at a team like Memphis, and you thought they were good, but they're inexperienced. You know, there are questions about the half court or how they could do this. I think last year, even though they didn't get over the hump, I think now they move into that <clears throat> experience tier. They're an experienced right. playoff team now. And New Orleans isn't quite there. I mean, New Orleans, I know, has one year of experience now under their belt. But they're knocking on that door as well. So to me, I look at that and I go, this might just be a little bit of a changing of the guard moment with those two specific teams. And look, the Grizzlies, <coughs> even having lost to the, to the Warriors in that second round, you know, the Warriors kind of they, – they, they kind of just knocked out Dallas without much trouble. And of all the teams that the Warriors played in the playoffs, the Grizzlies gave them the hardest time. And uh, with and John Morant got hurt. And he they were a game – John Morant misses a game winner in game one of that series. Right. He hits the game winner in game two. He gets hurt. And, and, he, and, and then all that – I don't know. I, if John Morant doesn't get hurt in that series – do the Grizzlies still lose? Like, I don't know. I, we, we get, I don't know. We could play this game, though, also with the Minnesota series, the other direction. I mean, they could have lost in the first round in a crazy upset, and maybe we look at it all differently. So I fair, but I the, the point is that the, the Grizzlies, that's probably what they're thinking is like, hey, we were one John Morant injury away from making it to the Western Conference Finals last year, and I think that's probably some of the experience you're talking about and the swagger that they take coming into the season is, hey, we got, we got unfinished business. We should have been there in the finals last year. We got an injury. No, we're going to be here this year. They, they just, they're playing like that. And, and I do think they have a legitimate argument. Like, I don't know. In the playoffs, you're talking about maybe some, a potential matchup against the Warriors again. I don't, I, I watched that series. The Warriors didn't have an answer for John Morant. And they don't have one this year because their best answer was Gary Payton II. And he doesn't play for them anymore. And I don't know that the <laughs> Phoenix Suns have an answer for John Morant. I don't know if anybody's got an answer yeah. for Zion Williams in the way that he's playing. Well, that's what's so funny. And by the way, we just kind of compare and contrast. Both teams have great length. And I think this is another thing. I mean, this has been a five-year trend where teams have just been going all in. I think especially these young, you know, this generation of team, the Celtics kind of fit in that a little bit. They've just gone all in on, hey, if we're adding guys to the roster, they're going to be long. They're going to be defensive-minded players with wingspan. And and both of the, the Pelicans tonight just playing so many guys, you know, Dyson Daniels, Najee Marshall, so uh, Herb Jump. You know my guy, Herb Jones. Uh, and now my new guy, Trey Murphy, uh, he might have replaced Herb Jones as my new favorite guy. So they just have so many different wings. And you look at Memphis, the, sa the same thing. So they're a new mold of team. I think they're both great. And then you were mentioning about, you know, the Warriors not having an answer for um, John Morant. We are in the 
maybe the peak number of don't have an answer for players. I mean, mm-hmm. Zion is like, don't, nobody has an answer for Zion. Nobody has an answer for Ja Morant. Nobody has an answer for Steph Curry. Nobody has an answer for Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard. Like, you just go down Lowry the list. Almost every Sam Lowry Markin, there you go. I love it. You know what? I'll allow it tonight. I'll allow it. <laughs> but you can just go down the list, and there's just so many players that are, you know, nobody has an answer for this guy, and it, it makes the league fun. Yeah, and both the, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans have a don't answer, a don't have an answer for guy, and then and you mentioned the depth there that that the Pelicans have I'm with you, Trey Murphy. The leap that he He's made good. from his rookie year to this year is unbelievable. The the Grizzlies just keep finding dudes like David Roddy. He's a yeah. guy that plays for them. Uh, Zaire Williams, they got him back. The, the, Santi Aldama, he's awesome for them. He, he's playing real good minutes for them. Kennedy Chandler has come in here and there. Uh, the rookie out of Tennessee, and, and he's given them good minutes. Like, they just keep finding both of these teams, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. They're so deep, like, legitimately yeah. go 11 deep. And yeah. and when one guy goes down, they're able to just sort of replace them and, and mix and match, and they're really versatile, too, like, the Pelicans, yeah, they have this great lineup with Larry Nance and Zion Williamson, but obviously they start with Valanciunas, and they can get to so many different looks. They can go big, they can go small. Zion can be point forward, or he can be your center, or whatever it is. And then the Grizzlies, they start with Steven Adams. They can go small with Jaron Jackson Jr., who's back and awesome, by the way. Uh, looks great. They can play him at center and then go a little bit smaller. They just got so many guys. So, yeah, I, I think it's but, yeah. – yeah, go ahead. Well, I have to interrupt you here because our boss might be listening to this one and he's probably saying, hold on a second. Are we talking about the Pelicans being title contenders when my Utah Jazz just dropped them two games in a row at home, including tonight, 132-129 uh, in overtime? And what was a heck of a game, by the way? This was one of my favorite just like random games of the year. It wasn't because there was a specific moment, although there were lots of like little moments in it. But it was a very well-played game, a very interesting game. And I was impressed with Utah, and in particular, one of my favorite stories of the year really was a story for the last couple of years. But this year seems almost especially uh, special because of how much Utah feels like this island of misfit toys. Uh, but Jordan Clarkson tonight, 39 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and some big-time shots. Uh, I know a lot of guys made some big-time shots, but he made, uh, I, th- I just thought, an incredible number of them. He had 17 yeah. points in the first quarter and then had some big plays down the stretch. He's just uh, – they're a fun team that executed. And then Walker Kessler tonight, the rookie, who the, a couple nights back, you know, they're in Denver, and Jokic has given him the business. As Jokic gives just about everyone, especially rookie centers. He gives them the business. And after the after the game, Coach Hardy was saying, you know, he came up to him and he said, Coach, I'm trying. I promise I'm trying. You know, I don't know. And he said, listen, man, this is part of your development. Getting your butt kicked is part of your development. He goes out tonight against Zion Williamson, another guy there's just no answers for. And he competes and he makes plays in down the stretch in the fourth quarter and overtime that it was just cool to see a rookie yeah. who's going through some big time matchups right now get a win, like an individual win and a team win in that moment. I really like Walker Custer coming into the draft and the Jazz just they got so many good guys in this Rudy Gobert trade. Like that's another guy that came over in that deal. It's just like, geez, yeah. they have so many good young players and now on that roster. They can make some moves, maybe not. Maybe they want to be buyers, sellers, whatever. Good win for the Jazz. Two wins against the Pelicans this week for the Jazz. We're talking about the Pelicans. Not only did they lose against the Jazz in overtime tonight, they've lost two in a row against the Jazz uh this week. But hey, we still like them. We still like the Jazz. Good, fun t- teams in the Western Conference. Um, all right, we are going to talk about Steph Curry, who's going to be out for the next couple of weeks and how the Warriors can survive that injury next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by... 
the National Highway Traffic Association. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But no, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not a big deal. What are the odds that you're getting to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. Maybe you lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still does not stop everybody from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think that you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do to play Prize Picks is pick two to five players, and if they're going to score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. And the best part is that you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Tonight's projection for, let's call, let's say Tyler Hero. They had him at 22 points. What did my guy Tyler do? He put up 41 league high uh, in in uh, all games tonight. You would have won your money. And the best part, no competing against other people. It's just you versus those totals. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, the World Cup, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, and a whole lot more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. And they offer safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or down, or go to theprizepix.com to sign up today to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix is going to give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix is going to give you $50 and so on. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. PrizePix. <clears throat> Daily fantasy made easy. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Uh, big takes, game recaps of the biggest games of the night, and a whole lot more. Find it on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Stephen Curry is expected to miss a few weeks with a left shoulder injury, but is not expected to need surgery. He's going to be reevaluated re in a couple of weeks, according to The Athletic. Adam, what does this mean for the Warriors? I mean, it means a lot. <laughs> They're not in a good spot. Obviously, been off to a, a slow, uh, you know, a, a rough early part of the season, early third of the season, 14 and 15 record, and now you're going to go down to Steph. It means two things to me. One, anytime you lose your best player for an extended period, it, it, you're volatile. You fall behind. Uh, can you fall out of a playoff race? Probably not necessarily in, in, in too much danger of that. They might even fall out of that 10 seed where they are right now, but there's yeah. not that many teams vying right now for the top 10. I mean, you can kind of eliminate some of those teams at the bottom, Houston, San Antonio, probably Oklahoma city. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that it, it means too much risk there. It does. However, mean they were a team that had championship aspirations and now you miss Steph Curry. Well, we all know whatever you do to solve your problems to win games now is not what you're going to do once Steph comes back. So you enter purgatory. You enter where a best-case scenario is. You solve a problem that goes away once Steph goes, and you have to redefine who you are and rediscover that. So for me, it's a really tough break for the, for the Warriors and probably uh, going to meaningfully affect their season and how they develop throughout the course of 82 games. 
just getting out of that play-in tournament bracket is important for any team in the Western Conference because like the West is so good. And right now you look at who they're they're with. It's Sacramento, Utah, and Dallas. And we just established that Utah is awesome. The Dallas Mavericks have Luka. The Sacramento Kings are uh, they're they're kind of the team that's tough for the Warriors size, a speedy guard in De'Aaron Fox. Like they're not an easy out. If if these are the four teams that are in there, it's not a shoe in that the Warriors get out of that, even, you know, even with Steph when he comes back. So the West is 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 stacked. So you want to try to make as much headway in the standings as you can. Uh just some stats right now. Like the Warriors are already 0-3 this season without Steph. Like this is a team that really struggles without Steph Curry. That's basically been the rule, especially since Kevin Durant left. We all remember they went 15 and 50 when he injured his hand five games into the season. They were also without Klay Thompson and a bunch of other injuries, but whatever. They went eight and ten last season without Steph. They're they're not a good team without Steph Curry. Uh, this year, they're 9.8 points per 100 possessions worse when Steph is off the court. Their offensive rating Oof. plummets to 103 points per 100 possessions, which you guessed it would be 30th, dead last in the NBA. Their defensive rating plummets to 112.8 points per 100 possessions allowed. That would be 21st in the NBA. So you're telling me the Warriors without Steph this year have had the 21st best offense and the 30th <laughs> ranked defense. That sounds like a really bad team, Adam. And like you, you already sort of alluded to, like they they haven't really found their footing this season. They're trying to figure out a whole lot of different things. And Jordan Poole's the guy that's going to have to step up. And he and he will has been best to find is uneven so far. Yeah, but he will with stepping into that role. I mean, Jordan Poole has looked his best when he's got to take over the Steph role. So I imagine that he will. But again, that just takes one guy away from your other lineups that now is, you know, he's plugging a hole that was already very, very, very um The bench you know, has effective. been a huge weakness for them. And now you're taking probably exactly. your best bench player off the bench. So, But good news, Wes. Uh, Wiseman on his way. Reinforcements are on the oh, way. Right. Wiseman. Back with the team right in time to face. Oh, let's see. Are they going to ease him in with a nice, easy match? Oh, my God. It's Joel Embiid in the 76ers <laughs> up next. Woo. Good luck, Wiseman, and your return to the Golden State Warriors. That poor guy. I'm rooting for him. Six of the Warriors' next eight games are against teams with winning records. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I have a feeling yeah. we're going to be talking about the Warriors a lot on Christmas Day. That's That's there a prediction. Go. In happier news, Celtic center Robert Williams III will make his season debut against the Orlando Magic on Friday, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. How much of an impact do you expect RW3 to have? I mean, I think he'll have a big impact. He's a great player. Um, you know, and also, I just think it'll have an impact on this is the point in the season where, you know, it starts to feel like the middle of the season. He starts to get to the dog days a little bit where you've now been at it for 25, 30 games. Get, legs get a little bit tired. So anytime you can get reinforcements, it's nice just to have another body and also just nice to have another look. I mean, Robert Williams is different than what they're trotting out there right now in their front court. So it gives them a different look. And then equally as meaningful, you know, they have been a great offensive team all year. Their defense has improved over the last 10. But over their last 10 games, remember Boston, the number one offense of all time? They've been sixth over the last 10 games, 10-game hmm. sample size. They've been the sixth-best offense. It's trailed off a little bit. Now, a lot of that has been they've been on the road, so you know you expect the offense to suffer a little bit. They're going to be home for seven straight games and, and home against weak, you know, inferior opponents for the most part. So I think this is a perfect spot to bring Robert Williams back in, inject some life, 
And I'm curious to see if the Celtics look like that 120 offensive rating, great historic offense that they were for the first yeah. 15 games of the year, or if they've kind of settled into a very good, but not all time historic offense. Robert Williams is going to fit in really well because, you know, we know the size and everything like that. The Boston Celtics are mostly a jump shooting team. And I'm not saying that to try, they get really good shots. They really work the offense and they use a bunch of screens and stuff. Great passing team. Robert Williams is going to fit in because he's going to give them a presence at the rim, a lob threat. He's also a really underrated passer, Robert Williams, right? Like he, yeah. you give him the ball at the, at the top of the key and he can make in that little triple threat spot and he can make plays out of there for you. So He's going to be really helpful, I think, on offense, just fitting in, just being another guy who can move the ball and do all those things. Um, you And rebound, by the can, way, and rebound. They are the la dead last in the NBA right now in offensive rebound right. percentage. I mean, he alone is going to make an impact there. And then defensively, I mean, the the Celtics give up a really high percentage um, of the looks that, that opponents get on those non-rim paint shots. And, and they're mostly coaxing opponents into taking those shots, so it's fine. But they're giving up a higher percentage than probably you would want to. And just having Robert Williams in there with that length that he provides, he's got that closeout kind of length, right? Like John Conchar, Blake Griffin, like they're not really doing that right now. So Robert Williams is going to be able to close out on that stuff a little bit more and, and try to and clean up some of those defensive things. And he's coming back against Orlando Magic. They're going to need somebody to stop Bull Bull. So now you got Robert Williams. That'll be huge for them. Um, nobody Mavericks can stop big man, Bull Bull. Maxi Another. <laughs> Another man that, what is it, nobody has an answer for. He's going to win the, uh, who did they name most improved after? Mike and George Chamberlain, Mikan. I think. Or who was it? Was it? I think no. it was George Mikan. They did the George Mikan, you're right. Yeah. George Mikan. Bull Bull, the very first winner of the George Mikan Award. Oh, uh, Mavericks big man, Maxi Kleber, out indefinitely after suffering a tear of his right hamstring during a practice on Tuesday. Is this well, a big deal for the Mavs? I think it is a big deal. Um, I saw a stat earlier come across the timeline timeline about the effectiveness of Christian Wood lineups with and without Maxi Kleber. And oftentimes when you have a front court pairing that is really, really good on one end of the floor, you start to see these combos of like, hey, their effectiveness gets lost if you don't pair them with somebody that makes up for their deficiencies. It appeared that Maxi Kleber might have been that guy. And so yeah. you take that out. And maybe it throws the balance of that Dallas team out, which already, by the way, was so volatile. I mean, Dallas is one of those teams where they have Luka, who's pretty consistent. They have offense that can spread you out and do this, you know, different, different things. But they are a team that can be a little two-faced. And I worry that they're going to be the bad version of that two-faced a little bit more in his absence. He's a good player. And what I'm about to say takes nothing away from the fact that Maxi Kleber is a good basketball player. But he's really oddly important for the Mavericks. Like, he's... yeah too important for this team. He is the guy that they throw up against any score first big man. Like if they play the, the bucks, it's Maxi that they're putting on Giannis. You know what I mean? Like he's right. it's him and Dorian Finney Smith are, are their two best defenders. Uh, Josh green has made, he's another good defender <clears throat> for them. And that, that might be the end of the list of the good defenders that the Mavericks have. So you lose one of your three good defenders and that's tough. That, that's tough to yeah. come back from. So he's really important to what Maver the Mavericks do. And this is, you know, Steph, it's like, hey, two weeks, we'll reevaluate. Steph's going to play again this season. You know what I mean? Like, Robert Williams already came back for the for the Celtics after a couple months. Like, out indefinitely. That's indefinite. We have no idea when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back. So, that's it's tough for the Mavericks. Um, is right. there an estimate, by the way? Do we know what, what that injury? Has there been like a, well, this is usually how long it takes? Is it shrouded in mystery at the moment? I don't know. I don't know either, man. Because that, I mean, that one. Tearing your hamstring. 
It's not. I mean, you're right. Hamstrings are slow. Hamstrings, yeah. the thing about them is they are slow to heal. And you've come back too early, then they just come back. They just, and it's usually a you know, strain. So. When you hear hamstring, you hear a strain. This is a tear. Yeah. Ooh, a tear. Yeah, that's right. It happened in practice, didn't it? Oof. Yeah. That's rough. That's coming up. Close. Adam takes a microscope to some annoying fan bases. But first, today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one. One source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From fo uh, pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, they have it all at betonline.net. France or Argentina? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. France or Argentina? I, I am rooting really hard for Argentina. So, I, I mean, I guess I'm like everybody else probably right now. But I kind of uh, think it's France. I kind of think it's France. Who's Mbappe is playing on? I don't. Who's stopping him? If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your sporting betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's Bet Online where the game starts. It's Friday, which means we are counting down to the weekend with our weekly power rankings. Adam, what do you have for us this week? Well, first, real quick, I'm looking at Jeff Stotts, who runs In Street Clothes, really great resource for just sports injury and recovery yeah. time. He's got a giant uh, database that tracks every injury and how long it takes. On average, hamstring tear, and he specifies that there's a wide range on these depending on where the tear is, but hamstring tear on average is about 62 uh, days missed. Um, Chris mm. Middleton missed 141 in 2016 with a hamstring tear. But he said on average, it's about 62 days or 38 games. That would be damning for the Dallas Mavericks, who sit at 14 and 14 in the ninth seed in the West. They might have to make a move before the deadline to just get a defender in there. That could be rough. Damn. I don't know what you trade, but. Um, the countdown. This is a throwback to fun. Remember when we used to have fun, Wes, on Fridays? <laughs> I remember fun. Yeah, remember let's have fun. Let's have fun. This is power rankings. You guys know how much we love power rankings here. We are going to power rank the okay. five things that fan bases all erroneously believe only happen to their team. Every team is like, man, that only happens to us. us right. Thunder is this fans, like, is, is like officiating? Like, oh, they, we always get. We calls. always get the bad call. We always get the bad whistle, Wes. Come on. It's always, always yeah. us. Did not even make my list, by the way. Uh, officiating because he easily Good. did on here. Okay. I was trying to get a little Podcasting more. Podcasting about officiating is the worst podcast topic. So, Oh, my God. It's so annoying. Um, number five for me. Coach plays the wrong lineups. Coach, Wes, <laughs> coach, he's not, he's not playing the right ones, Wes. If he would play the right ones, they'd win. If that you is, listen. I, I love it. Look, I've, I've covered two teams in my NBA coverage career. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors and the Heat. And I can tell you. Both teams are – both fan bases are always just like, you know, Steve Kerr, if Eric Spolster would just play different lineups, we would win <laughs> these games. And here's the thing that I always never understood. It's like, yeah, can rotations fix some things and, and you can fix rhythm of games and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. But at All the right. end of the day, your players are your players. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, wait, we had Kevin Durant sitting on the bench the whole time. Yeah, I should probably change my rotations. So, yeah, I'm with you. You, you got to understand, full disclosure – I always talk about the rotation. I'm one of these guys for sure. <laughs> like I'm definitely talking about the wrong combination of players or this, that, but it is funny when you tune in to prepare for like, okay, who are the nuggets playing next? Let me listen to a podcast, see what's going on with the team. And it's always the same thing. The same complaints. Our coach needs to get to the right one. 
You think, yeah. all right, that might be an eternal thing. Yeah, um, I've, stopped, I've stopped podcasting about officiating and I've stopped podcasting about rotations. They're just, it's, it's the same what's, thing. What's the, is it just, just the MVP conversation? Is that the only thing left? Is, yeah, I mean, is that's all we, on Locked on Heat, all we talk about is Tyler Hero, silent MVP contender. <laughs> silent, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, it brings us to number four. <laughs> Team is overlooked by national media. Wes, not our team not being talked about enough. Is our team being slept on? That is the number one. Here's that's, the thing: there are three four in our in, list right now. This is number four. Okay. There are there are three or four teams that are that, talked about. Yeah, that, no other team is talked about. Yeah. Right now, it's the Pelicans, it's the Lakers, it's the Warriors. Always. always. I'm not actually sure there's anybody else that's being talked about consistently. The Knicks. Um, the Knicks are talked about frequently enough to the point where I think Knicks fans are like, just don't talk about us anymore. So I don't think like, like, Knicks, there's don't not a Knicks it. fan that's like, they should talk about us more. You're east of the Mississippi, man. Those those radio signals don't reach out here. I think we filter <laughs> out Knicks, Knicks conversation out here. Guys. Um, um, but yes, the, 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 the how, in fact, this very show, I'm sure we will get a reply somewhere that's like, how did they not mention the Pacers? The Pacers are like, all right, well, we just, they didn't play tonight. I don't know what you want me to do. Did we um, mention a team that played tonight? That would be actually really funny. Who didn't <laughs> play tonight? Number three, not just your team, blows big leads. We're the team that always <laughs> blows big leads, Wes. You listen to any podcast, local feed, it's like nobody else blows leads like this, man. You know, the, uh, the, the Pelicans can be up 15, and that's not a safe lead. Guess what? That's the NBA. That's the NBA in 2022. 15 points, that's five threes. Yeah. Yeah. Teams take 36 threes now a game, right? The oh. high, at the high end, they're taking 42 threes a game. You can wipe away those leads in no time. That's a good one. I'm, I'm with you. It's just, yeah, you know what? If we just if we would have won that game, this game, and this game, right. you know, <laughs> we would have this record and we would be good. It's like, yeah, I guess. But like, you and the fans will never talk about the games where they came back. It's like, no, no, right. but we came back from 15 points. Right, down. That, of course. That means we're like, you know, we've we've got resolve and grit with our team. It's like, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it all evens so out good. in the end. It does even out uh, for the most part. Um, number two, I love this. Is now we're getting into the top two are really really good ones. Random players always go off against us. It's always someone <laughs> random, man. Doesn't happen yeah. to anyone else. The random player went off, man. Only us. So on so Heat Twitter actually has a hashtag for this. It's the RSHK, the random scrub heat killer. And this <laughs> exactly. is a, this is a thing that goes around every time. It's like yep. we always let these guys do you're right. Yeah, it yeah, happens yeah. all the time. It happens all the time. People forget NBA players are NBA players. Just because they're not all-stars does not mean they're not NBA players. I mean, so I wanted to go through a list here. Um, Javon Carter went for 36 points this year. I love this. That's the thing that happened. Cam Thompson went for 33 points, okay? Andrew Nembhard, the rookie. P.J. Washington. Jakob Pertle, noted volume scorer. And Avita Zubats. Zubats, didn't he have like 40 and 20 the other night? 31, 31. So... It happens, man. Like, you would go through a list of, like, 30 players that you would be like, he had 30? It's like, yeah, it happens. It happens. All right, number one. Are you ready for this? I am. I wish I had a drum roll. <laughs> Lose to bad teams. This there one's the ultimate one. Every single team says, man, if you're a championship team, you don't lose to, you don't lose to bad teams, man. Nobody else loses to bad teams like, like this, man. 
Didn't the Warriors lose by like 40 points to the <laughs> what was it the Pelicans like right before the playoffs or so, or at least the playoffs? Yeah, at least what? the Pelicans are like a good up and coming team. Let me give you a list here. The Celtics that was last lost year though, and then they won the and then they won the finals. They won the yeah. yeah. So the Celtics lost to the Bulls this year twice. Twice they lost to the Bulls. Bulls not a very good team. Milwaukee right. lost to the Houston Rockets. The Rockets. Also, by the way, Phoenix Suns lost to the Rock, that very same Rockets team, which is the worst in the league. Cleveland lost to the Spurs. Memphis lost to Washington. Denver lost at home to Detroit on the second night of a back-to-back. Every good team loses to some bad team. It the just lost to the Spurs, but the Heat aren't. We're still jury's still out on whether or not the Heat. Are. Well, I would. I, I always almost use the Spur, uh, the Heat as an example <laughs> of a bad team that beat a good team. So, <laughs> I mean, the Pelicans lost to the Jazz tonight. Yeah, the Jazz are good, that was, man. That, that, they're good. That was that was for our boss. That was for <laughs> they lost to him twice. I would they, go as far they, as to say the Jazz own the Pelicans. They uh some people want them to change the, the name so New Orleans can have the Jazz back. Absolutely not. Jazz, Utah is now synonymous with the Jazz name. You guys are gonna have to stay with the Pelicans. Isn't this a coping mechanism? This was fun, by the way. This is like a coping mechanism for like actual trauma, too. Is like, hey, you're not that special. This kind of stuff happens to everybody. So the next time your team loses to a bad team or some no name player you've never, like Ed Sumner goes off for like 36 points against you or something, (laughs) just remember you're not special. Your team's not especially bad or disappointing. It literally happens to everybody. Take a beat and just move on. I like that. That was good. That was a good message overall. It was it was fun to make fun of some things, but it was a good message overall. You know what? That's what we aim to do. Deliver a good message as you headed your weekend. That's right. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Heat and Adam over on Locked on Nuggets. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day.